Hello, residents of Meepletown. This is Dean. Johnny Dune. And today we're going to be talking <laughs> about some games. We're going to be doing a review of So Clover and Nita Levere. And thanks for joining us for episode number 94. All right, Meebletown, if you were here right now, you would see Dean, and he's got a smirk on his face. He's got a little bit of giggles, you know? Why? Why, Dean? Why Why? Why are you Why are you doing that? Are we talking about football? Right, is it I don't know. Going? Actually, there's a lot of reasons. One of them is, though, whenever I say Johnny whatever, Dean doesn't know what I'm going to say. And so a lot of times nothing happens. But when I said Johnny Dune, he got the smiles because I think he wants to talk a little bit about Dune. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. You, you, did you, want you to? just did you Ugh. just did, That was horrible. You could probably change my name to Dune somehow in there. I know, like I was that. I was thinking about Dean Dooning or something like that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's what you should have yeah. gone with. Um Dean. did you just watch the movie for the first time? Okay. Yes, and this is a board game podcast, as we always say, for new folks, but we also do talk a little bit about some of this stuff that a lot of the board game can I dare I say nerds like ourselves don't mind a little bit of science fiction and stuff like that, right? I don't, don't mind a little bit of pop culture either. We talk about 90 so. stuff a little bit. Yeah. So I've read the book. My wife read the book and we decided to finally watch the movie. Um, and we were holding off because we were, we had been reading the book and we watched it yesterday, Dean. Were you, did we you watch like it? it. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I thought, so I think the director of this, I can't remember his name, but he did Arrival and he did, oh, goodness gracious. That's horrible that I didn't pull this up, but whatever. Um, he's done some pretty good movies. He has this very epic feel to him. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. this like, dun, dun. The cinematography is gorgeous in, in Dune, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it All is. All these super wide angle, like wide shots, this really... Uh, you know, maybe a little too epic for me, like at some point, kind of like, uh, okay, I've gotten it. But overall, it was done well. I usually, you know, you get nervous about books that you really like. Uh, and oftentimes they screw them up. And they don't do super well, but they did well here. Uh, what did you think about it? I I don't want to give any spoilers, so I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not I'm gonna try to dance around it a little bit. I enjoyed it. I I, I did. Uh, same here. I had I read it the I, I did the audio book when I was uh, driving a lot the game, or, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was building up to the game. To playing the game. That's yeah. right. That's right. And so I I ended up enjoying the the book, and I actually want to want to read or listen to it again, because I, I enjoyed it that much. The, the thing about the movie, I thought the movie was well done. I didn't realize going into it that it wasn't the whole thing. <laughs> you were disappointed. <laughs> and so, like, somewhere in the movie, I was like, oh, wow, they're going to have to do a lot to get to, you know, to, to really land this plane. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, they're not going to, they're not going to do that. No. I don't know what, what I was thinking. I just, I didn't know anything about it. And so it actually, it's funny you brought it up because I, my wife and I are introducing our kids to Lord of the Rings. Mm. And so we started watching the Hobbit movies 
and we'll read them eventually. This is normally we're real big on like reading the books before you watch the movie, yeah. but I, I feel differently about Lord of the Rings. So, so we're watching Hobbit and we watched the second one and it's got this really big cliffhanger at the end of it. Both of them have cliffhangers, but this one's like, like big time cliffhanger. And our kids are like, Oh man, we have to wait to watch the next one. And I'm like, Imagine having to wait a whole year <laughs> whenever that originally, <laughs> or, more. or whatever that was, you know, I think it was, yeah. I think they released them like every year, if I remember right. Um, so this wasn't exactly like that, but it did have some of those same feels like, ah, oh, I kind of wish I would have watched this like after it released, you know, when the second one's coming out. Cause there, I think there's just two, right? Two of the movies um, for Dune. I think so. I think, I, th- I mean, I think I'm, I'm, they're going to, they'll make a whole universe and everything if it goes well, no doubt about it. Yeah, but yeah. well, nowadays we live in a in a most of the time it's like a Netflix binge or a Hulu binge or whatever you want to say, right? Like they put out those shows, and yeah, you have the cliffhangers, but you can just go ahead and watch the next, yeah, you know, video. That's 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 a that happens very very much. In fact, what was that meme that you sent me, Dean? The Aaron Rodgers one. No, that- <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about the the Netflix related one. Can I say that? The I'm Netflix not gonna... related one. I don't remember what it was now. Okay, so here here it is. We send a lot of memes, it. John. And then, yeah, we, we we pretty much just send memes back and forth. <laughs> oh, let me say one thing before I get in this because I don't want to. So my wife is one of those persons that you really don't want to watch movies that she's read the book to because she just complains the whole time. Oh, this person isn't this, and oh, oh, they turned this female character into a male, or this male character into a female, or you know what I mean? Like she just like she gets frustrated. Like she wants things to be by the proverbial proverbial book, and so she gets frustrated. And I'm like, I don't care. I think that I told her like I'm number one. You cannot translate a movie from a book and just go straight up. Right. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. You shouldn't probably. Yeah, right? you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And I think that there's some artistic leeway that should be given. You know what I mean? To the whoever's directing who all, you know, and the people in the film, like I'm not saying you deviate greatly from the book or do anything crazy, but I'm fine with little changes like that. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I'm with you. So I, I, yeah. And in fact, I would drive myself nuts if I didn't separate myself, I think, from the book and the movie. That's what she does. And like, that's what I say. Like I just separate myself entirely. Now I will say that one of my, maybe my favorite scene in the book is not in the, in the movie. And I won't say what that is. I'll tell you on offline, I guess, Dean, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, Let me, let me say this though, about before we jump off the Dune wagon, the, the, the hard part with Dune, the Dune buggy is what you should have said. Oh, that's, oh man, missed opportunity. I can't edit that in now. It's it's too late. (laughs) So, My my issue with buggy, (laughs) (laughs) a crap edit, (laughs) dude. Buggy. (laughs) My my problem with Dune is when you want to translate it into a movie. There's so much detail in Dune and like build up and like character development and in world development, and it makes for a really dull movie if that's all you're. You know, if you're if you're a direct translate of the book. And so, and maybe, maybe the movie is that, I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and <laughs> rewatch it. Maybe it probably is a pretty boring movie, I guess, if you don't really care about the universe at all. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That that was my concern about like, you, you can make Dune into a one sitting movie, I believe, without sure. having all of that build up. And so there's a lot of slow moments in this that, I don't know. If somebody doesn't care about Dune, I don't know if you'd really love the movie. <laughs> 
because it's yeah. It I've still has I've heard mixed that. reviews. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, I, I was gonna say I've heard mixed reviews from people who uh, haven't seen it. I haven't read the books. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like I have on one side, I have our friend Brandon, you know, who's a big Marvel guy, right? The Bernsey. And like, he's all, you know, and he kind of gave it up. Eh, it was, it was, it was fine. Like it was a little slow is how he felt and stuff like that. Yeah. I go to like my cousin, Seth, and he's like, I loved it. It was incredible. He loved all the, like the mystical part of it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. he just really was into it. And he's like, I just love that movie. So it is interesting. It is a little slow at the beginning, especially as they're building up into it, which I don't mind at all. But if you're one of those like action packed persons, you're probably not going to like this movie that much. Yeah. Now here's the, here's the problem with Brandon. All right. You ready for this? Uh, my wow. wife and I, my wife and I went to go see Spider-Man, the, the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And we needed somebody to talk to. And so I immediately texted Jay Bell uh, because Jay's a huge <laughs> Marvel nerd. And I felt like I, I didn't know where he stood because I knew he was holding off, but I knew he had just seen it right before us. Yeah. And so I, we mess, I messaged him and then we messaged Brandon together. And Brandon's response was, this is like the best yeah. Marvel movie ever. Yeah. And I couldn't respond to him because of how wrong he was. I mean, it, just flat out. I thought wrong. it was. I thought it was pretty not good. No, that's. I'm going. I, I know. Look, like my barber was the same way. We were talking, and he's like, "Dude, this was one of the best." And I, he's and Brandon said the same thing, and I, I fell asleep during it. Oh gosh, <laughs> I, 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 I did. Like I thought, I thought all these people, this great. Like I know that right now we're we're talking, and there's people listening to our podcast going, "You guys are insane." That's such a good movie. It was a movie written entirely for homers right that just that wanted to see doc ock and all these people come back who gives a rats the story wasn't that good here's it here's was what, it was more of like the whoa moments oh that's so cool i don't give a rats oh i'm about to get mad <laughs> it felt like it felt like a like sony saying hey no guys seriously our movies were good like <laughs> seriously yeah. our, ours were good too forget about this tom holland yeah. guy ours 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 are still there I it just was so weird. I don't know what it did for the whole Marvel universe. It did not do it for me. Like I know my kids really at all really loved it. I, the best part of the movie was some of the dialogue between the Spider Mans was funny. Yes, some of, yes. some of it wasn't, but there were a couple moments that I like laughed out loud. Like I was like, those guys were actually working pretty well together. Tobey Maguire looks so old compared to the other guys. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Andrew I'm sure Garfield they would say that about exactly me. the same, but it hasn't yeah. been that long, I guess, for him. I'm glad that we're on the same page here, Dean, because like, well, Brandon was also like all into Aquaman, which I thought was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, okay, so you I never be, watched it. I don't care. What did Jay's? It's it's horrible. I so I was what a little nervous say? when I when I texted Jay. Um, I wasn't. I didn't know where he stood on this, but I was like, yeah. "Hey, so Spider Man is how I started off," and he was like, "Yeah, how'd you feel about it?" <laughs> and I was like, "I didn't love it. Nah. Like that's where I started. Is I yeah. didn't love it, and and then we just kind of." went down this rabbit hole from there. There were just so many things that I didn't care about. I'd, I'd have to go back and reread that and rewatch the movie to kind of remember some of my like frustrations. But the biggest thing that I felt like, I don't know if we needed that in the Marvel universe, like that whole movie. I don't know how it really, really like fits and was it necessary in, in that realm, but you know what is worse? It felt awkward. Spider-Man? Yes. What's worse? Yeah, than Spider-Man? Yeah. It felt awkward. You're right. It felt, it felt like a, a fandom vomit on the screen. Yeah, uh-huh. Like, let me do everything I can to get people giddy. 
And, but this line of the story in the whole movie was just mediocre at best. I mean, I would give that like a four out of 10. Yeah. And I don't know how maybe, if, really maybe a five, but I guess movies, I, I'm, I, 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 yeah, we, I we don't rate movies. Okay. Okay. Let, let me go have ahead. You seen go the first. Eternals? No. Okay. I have, I don't even know what to do with that. I don't care anything. My wife about and it. son watched it and they were like, yeah, it was, it was better than people's, than all these people dumped on it, but I don't care. I'm no, here's the, I'm not super critical bad, on, huh? on movies at all. I like, am. At all. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. lots of, there's lots of movies that I'm like, Oh, I like that. That people are like, this is the stupidest movie ever. But Eternals was just, I just did not like it. Did not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they loved it, but they were, you know, everyone said it was so bad. They're like, it wasn't as bad as anyways. I, I, I bet it's terrible. I, I refuse to watch it. All right. <laughs> Dean sends me a text and it says Netflix set. This is from Netflix. So it's like a story written. And then we're going to talk about board games in just a second. Y'all. Oh, okay. Netflix says, you want to watch a 10 hour movie? Your response is what? No, absolutely not. Are you insane? Netflix responds. What if we break it up into, into hour long episodes and you watch them all in one setting? The kid-friendly version, you respond, you son of a gun, I'm in. <laughs> you really need the curse word to make that more funny. <laughs> Without it, it's really not that funny. But, like, it's true, though. It is. It is. That made me, that really did make me LOL. I, I was, oh, I was laughing pretty hard at that. That was good. I, I that was a, my brother did a, did a LOL on that. I always know that if it, if there's a curse word in it, my brother's going to like it a little bit more. <laughs> it's not that he uses a lot of profanity. It's I'll just keep that, that in like, mind if I ever send him it's anything his, like it's that. His, his humor. Yeah. Like if you just throw, you know, drop an F bomb and something or something, he might, he might give you a chuckle. Oh, All right. So the last thing I'm going to say before we talk about th- this is I started watching lost again for all you folks out there. It is such an excellent show. I don't care. Look, I'll get to the ending when I get to it, but the show is really great. And I, I thought about that when you mentioned cliffhangers, are you one of those guys that's like, I'm done with it. Cause of the ending, um, I didn't care enough about lost to really get into it. I tried, I wow. tried, I, I made it. I feel like pretty far and I've seen a lot of the episodes because of my wife. She, she loves it. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen, I've seen a lot of them and I've watched like, I don't know, more than the first season. I feel like, like just straight through, I just could not get into it. And I don't know, maybe, maybe now my tastes have changed, but here's the thing, John, you're going to judge me a little bit on this. I don't care. So I can't get into lost, but now that I've been playing obsession, my wife and I are kind of obsessed with obsession right now. I'm not going to talk about that today. I started watching Downton Abbey and I'm binging it, man. (laughs) Four. Here we I go. Just finished the fourth. Meeple Town, of- listen to this. <laughs> Dean can't get into Lost, but he's into Downton Abbey. So any credibility? I'm sure there are people listening that. No, I'm sure there are people listening that are, that have watched it. And any really credibility like it. that I had for like my takes on movies just yeah, went you away. Just with screwed that up comment, the Spider Man take right so, there. Oh, okay. I bet Spider Man's amazing, and I bet here's a funny <laughs> thing. My sister who listens to this podcast. Uh, her and I, we we worked together briefly in a in a video store way back in the day, back in the in the mid nineties. Wow. Um, but anyway, we we've watched a lot of movies together, but it's funny because our tastes are so different. So often, 
I'll text her and I'll say, Hey, have you seen this movie? You got to see it. It's fantastic. And then she watches it. She's like, that's the stupidest movie I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. So we're very, we're very much like that. So she already knows that I have terrible taste in movies. This is no surprise to her, but if you're looking for like credibility on what I just said on Spider-Man or the Eternals, you can just throw it out the window because there you go. Downton is better than lost. Okay. Wow. Well, uh, you know, that's well, the thing about brothers and sisters. They tell you the, the total truth. <laughs> Like if I have something like a a song I've written or something, and usually to an extreme in the bad way, like a little bit rougher, at least my brother is like that with me. Like I know if I say something about it, he'll be like, nope. Like he'll send me, I send, I send, send memes all the time. It's just my thing now. I started it like four or five months ago and that's what I do. And he has no problem responding, meh, that meme is stupid. That's not good. But then if it's, if it's good, he'll say, LOL. All right. He doesn't say, LOL. He'll laugh. Poll Let's time. talk about some board games. All right. Have we got a poll? No poll. Yeah, no, we have a poll. We oh, absolutely it's a board have a poll. Game this, poll. I got you. Yeah. Okay. And so we have a board game poll. And in this board game poll, y'all, it was one of our better responses that we've had in a long time. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's just so interesting that you throw some things out there and what clicks and what doesn't click with people. But Dean, here is the poll. How many games are on your shelf of shame or shelf of opportunity? I put slash there. And which ones are you most excited to get to the table? We not only had a lot Ooh, that's of That's a good follow-up question. I like that. That's Well, that's what I think. I'm, I'm trying to get better at polls. And I think ones where there's like a good follow-up question people like to respond to a little more to get engagement. I didn't actually do all the math because surprisingly, Twitter and the guild was almost identical. And we're talking about with a decent amount of votes here. So not like, you know, 10 votes. So, Dean, none games. I'm all caught up. All right. So, there's no games on your shelf of shame opportunity. One to five games. Six to ten. Over ten games. What do you think? What do you think Meepletown said? You know what's funny is I think board game hot takes, I th- they did a poll similar to this or talked about it in their podcast or something. Oh, like really? That. Yeah, at some point. I don't remember when it's been. Um but they're, they're really good at just like not having that. And I think they, at least Tim probably votes in some of these. Um, so I know at least we have one that's like I'm caught up or like the, the lower one. I think there's probably a lot of people that fall in that higher category though of 10 or more. Is that what your vote is? Yes. You're hundred percent right. Do you think that it was a significant margin or was something pretty close to it? Just curious. What was the next one again? There's six, ten, one, five, or zero. Six to ten. Um, I think it was significant, actually. I think it was more like a lot more said more than ten. You're right about that, actually. Um, wow. On okay. Twi- yeah. On it almost Twitter, surprises me a little bit, even though that's what I I assumed would be the case. Yeah. It's it's on tw- on Twitter. It was 55 percent of people have 10 plus games. And on beat on the guild, it was 50% of people. And the next closest one was like 28% on the guild, 27% on Twitter. This is weird how close this one was. And that was the one to five. And then it was like, I think around 13 or something percent for the six to 10 and only. So for the ones who are totally caught up, interestingly, this was the, where it was different the most on the guild. There was 9% have said that they're totally caught up on Twitter's. It was only 3%. Oh, so that okay. was the most difference, but I, I, that's an interesting thing. Like I, when I made this poll, I had multiple people say 
you should have had higher numbers than 10 plus. And I just, I thought to myself, yeah, if you're a board game reviewer, you know what I mean? Or you're in, in, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I didn't realize how many people buy, buy games. Like the only, and I say this because I think the only reason I end up getting a lot sometimes is if I'm backlogged, right? But I generally don't buy a ton of games unless I know I can get them to the table. Yeah. I'm in the minority. Apparently, apparently, I, I think you, you would have fit really well into that board game hot takes conversation. I think because I, I actually thought John fits more in that in that category. But here's the thing: our hobby isn't just playing games. There's also the collection aspect of it. And so, sure. like, I, I know, <clears throat> excuse me, I know people uh, who I've got this buddy. He's a, a former student of mine who was really into Pokemon back in the day and doesn't really get to play it much anymore but he still collects the cards and so i think there's that aspect of it that that we don't often talk about but it's there you know what i mean and, and it could yeah, be people for just want reasons. it for the collection yeah, yeah like you, you might collect it like I, I know people have different types of collections too so like you have people who are um who, who collect all of a series like i have all of the carcassonne games or or a designer like i have all reiner canizia games which is thousands i'm sure i don't know that's a, that would be a lot of games maybe that wouldn't be the designer i would pick to to gobble up all their games yeah. but like a Cromer kiesling or you know there's that aspect of it that i think that i i definitely have a piece of that or, or spiel the jars games i'd like to at some point have all the spiel the jars games and i have a, a decent amount of them but i also haven't yeah. played all of those you know so you know all these people in the world that are struggling to exist and we're hoarding board games you know sure Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Whether that's you know good, bad or ugly. I just think that that, that thing is, is present there. That's hilarious. Sorry. Is it? Uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. I mean, I, there's a difference in if we're doing things about it and we have the, you know, leftovers, you know, to do stuff, but <laughs> I don't know. Yep. I just got really deep all of a sudden, huh? It's, it's a different hobby is it, I think if you look at it that from, from that perspective, yeah. I, I understand it's not that. as it's not as weird at that point, I think, because there is that collection aspect that I think that that people just want to that's yeah. there. You know, it's definitely there. It's like, you know, you have board games, but you have all these sub genre hobbies inside of it, too. There's miniature painting that happens sure. within there. There's, yep. um, you know, aspects of like dungeon crawling where people just focus all their attention on those dungeon crawling type of games or games sure. that or RPG esque, like there's, there's lots of yeah. different aspects of it that I think that are, unless you're really deep into it, like we are, you might not realize. Yeah. I feel like too, that in addition to those reasons that there are a lot of people that really like to play a new game. I mean, it's just that simple. Like, you know, instead of, you know, there are people that want to deep dive games, might want to play a feast for Odin, you know, 70, hundred, you know, a hundred times. But I think there are a lot of people who just like the new, like just yep. want to, not even if it's brand new game, like just want to try something new, like that it's just their jam. And I, and I actually fit into that category a little bit, like to be real, like my personality, Jack of all traits, master of none. I tend to have a personality where I like to try new stuff a lot and I'm in, I'll do anything, you know, I'll eat anything, yep. I'll try anything. And sometimes because of me having that personality, it doesn't allow me to deep dive. So I actually understand that element of it too. Like, oh, wow, that's cool. Let me try this game. Oh, wow. Let me go ahead and buy this game. Now, here's the thing, though, John. This is this is interesting. Maybe some FOMO for some people out there. I tend to fall in the category where I want to try all these these new things, but I don't want to necessarily live in that place. And so, like, this year, yeah. 
I've had a goal of not trying to play as many things as I possibly can, but I want to get to the table, the things that I actually really enjoy playing. So for example, um, we talked about last week, our episode of our games that we played the most in 2021. Was that the podcast or we did that for, we did a video of that. I don't remember if we did a podcast for that. We did it on both. We did it on both. Okay. So it's terrible that we can't remember, but it was like three weeks ago and I, I haven't talked about that. I have COVID again, but anyways, go ahead. <laughs> so since that episode, we're filming this remote. <laughs> since that episode remote. two weeks ago, three weeks ago, since we were, you know, out and all that. Um, since that episode, I have now got to the table three games that would have made that list. Yeah. If that makes sense. So like I told you when I talked about seven wonders architects, I said, I'll get that game played a hundred times this year. And you were like, that's crazy talk. You know how many times I've played it? Not all in person. Some of them been online. 45. I've played it 45 times. I mean, I do believe it, but you know. No, part of that is I was, I was sick. I, um, uh, not, not sick. Actually, I didn't have COVID. Um, but, but family members being sick, I was out of town on a trip for work that I, and, and for a lot of that time, I had a lot of downtime at night. And so I played there. So some of that was, was, I'd say half of that was in person, then half of it was online or something like that. Okay. Um, Dragomino, I've played 10 times this weekend. Wow. Yeah. So, like, wow. there you go. There, there, and then Obsession, like that. And I'm not talking about that today, but anyway, all that to say, I'm wanting to play more games more often if I enjoy playing them. Yeah. I think lastly, and I, I mentioned FOMO, but with Kickstarter being such a big thing, I think that is a reality. Right, like sure. that, that, yeah. that people are afraid they're going to miss the Kickstarter exclusives, um, you know. And also in our hobby, there's the reality that there's not always giant print runs of everything. There's just not because it's not a big enough hobby. So there's also could be that FOMO of if I don't order it now, it could go out of print and I could be in trouble because that happens all the time. Yep. And I, I get that occasionally, like not for Kickstarters, but when something comes out and I see it sold out, I see it sold out, boom, it's back, and I'm like, oh man. You know, I don't know. It's not a King Domino. You know, it's not, you know, uh-huh. if it's not like that where I know they're just going to keep going or in Azul, man, are they going to keep printing this? Maybe I should just buy it just in case. Yep. Or let me, let me buy an extra copy of this. I see that too. Mm. Um, I, I don't do that, but I, I get why people do that, I guess. Like, let me buy an extra copy of this for the sake of selling it because I know that the market's going to go up after yeah. all these are not available. Or what if something happens to this copy and then I need to have an additional copy available because I'll never be able to replace it. I, I definitely yeah. see that out there. It's those people that in Tennessee, they say it's going to snow when they buy all the toilet paper and you're like, there's other people that exist in the world besides you. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to get... <laughs> But, That's my second truth. I, I'm not. I'm not totally against that, but I do get frustrated if people are doing it just to jack prices up and make money. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, I think it's difficult serious, to do that in the board game realm because you're, you know, people do it though. Because I, I'll, I'll see people do sure, it and post it on yeah. eBay and they'll post pretty high prices because they know that they can't. And I'm like, I mean, maybe if you're that hard up for money, but I, you're exploiting people. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. Okay, let's talk about some games we've been playing lately. This I feel is... like Grumpy John has come out, but I'm not, are... trying to be, I'm not be, trying to be grumpy about it. I'm trying to be real. <laughs> we don't usually like come into it this late. Usually we're at about 19 minute mark whenever we get to this point. We're at like 27 minutes right now. Well, we talked a lot about the Marvel <laughs> stuff. And by the way, we are remote, like yeah. I said. I do have COVID for the second time. I'm doing well for anyone who wants to know. I had one not great day. Um, my wife had it a week or so ago. My son had it. 
I will say, uh, I think the vaccination helped tremendously because it feels not near as bad as last time, unless this strand or something is not as bad, but I had one rough day. And then since then, it's just been, if you can tell, like a little congested, a little tired, but, uh, overall I I feel really great. So anyways, just want to let anyone know in case they cared. Yeah, they do. They do. That's why we're, that's why it's been three weeks. I need it. We need to say that too. Sorry that it's been three weeks. It's just been, Dean was on a trip. We've all, we both had COVID in our families. It's been hard to get together. I've been able to play games with my wife because I quarantined, she quarantined away from me, you know, and because uh, we were trying not to get it again. And so anyways. Yeah. My wife has been sick too. And, and our son had COVID. Only one out of four of us had COVID. And I have no idea how the rest of us did not. Wow. Get it. Three out of five of us have had it. Wow. All right, so let's talk about a couple games we've been playing lately since I have, uh, (laughs) I mentioned this, you know, being gone for work and then also having to kind of try to separate from my family as much as I can because my wife has been really sick, actually. Um, Like, we don't know what it is. We're trying to figure all that out. Um, But sick enough where she's like kind of laid up for a little bit. And so is she she still laid up? She's actually back to work, but she's still not 100 percent. So she's doing better. Yeah, they don't really know That's what's good. going on, but it was not COVID. It wasn't strep. It wasn't the flu. None of that. But it was anyway. So, okay. so I've been soloing some games, but also especially on the the trip I was on, I, I brought solo games specifically. That that's what I was what that what I was going to do. So the first one I want to talk about is Drawn to Adventure, and I think I've talked about this game before. I, I'm pretty sure I have. This is by Keith Piggott, our our buddy who lives in the same town as us. Uh, we actually got to play this. Do you remember playing this, John, before it was I do. Released? We were at uh, Cookout. Yep. And yeah. there's a game night. And I don't go to the game nights very often, but I did that night. Yeah. One of the yep. nights he was he brought it and had a prototype. That's been a couple years now. This game released this past year, released in 2021. And I, I got this, well, partly because of Keith, but also because of the way it looks. And I remember enjoying it when we did play it. But honestly, I really wanted to have another solo opportunity. <laughs> I, I I enjoy solo games more now, but I like these ones where I can knock out fairly quickly. I will say this is not a quick game by any stretch. But in this game, it is a uh, it is a roll and write game where you're drafting dice, and then with those dice, you are adventuring. Kind of, you're going throughout trying to complete these different quests. And as you complete the quest, basically, you want to have a you want to have the the different symbols that you're either storing up or ones that you're drafting from the dice and then completing the different areas. And once you complete one map, then you move on to the next one. And then the next one, there's three maps that you do out of a total of six options. So it's actually, that changes up the variability of how the game works out. I wasn't sure how the game was going to play solo in this one. I had only played it with other people. I think that's right. I don't think I'd soloed this one before, but it actually works really well where you're drawing cards and the it determines what the other player is is going to do the the dice that they're going to take and then they have their own separate board so you're crossing off things on there that determine the score one thing i really enjoy about solo games one one thing i i almost need in solo games is very little upkeep for the other player and that is this game i really enjoyed this solo now it says 30 to 90 minutes on the uh, on bgg for how long this game takes and that was a complaint that I saw in people that that have played this and reviewed it is the length of the game. And I get it. I think this definitely is a is a longer game. I think solo probably took me took me an hour. I think I had to stop because I had to go do something for my job and then come back and finish it up. 
but I I think it took me over an hour to play it or around an hour to play it even solo, but I still enjoy it. I think it's a fun fun for you know if you like these type of games, I think it's enjoyable. That is drawn to adventure solo, and that was uh, the art by the Miko too, which is so that's, cool, huh? That's like right. I thought it, that was really interesting to have a one of our local guys to have a game and the Miko who was one of my favorite board game artists, you know, top 10 easily, I would say to do his art. That's cool. It's the same. It's the same art used in uh merchant's cove. Um, like the same type of characters you have style, the, yeah, yeah the, that same style and you have, well, also some of the same exact art. I think I, Ooh, I need to go back and look at it. I could be wrong about that. The meeples are exactly the same. So like those cool character meeples that you have in uh, Merchant's Cove. I'm wanting to say, I don't know this for sure. I'm going to go look this up while you're doing, talking about your game. I think these may have been, this may have been an option. If you backed Merchant's Cove, this may have been in that same Kickstarter. I'm going to double check that because I'm not positive now, but go ahead and talk about what you're going to talk about. That is not true. Actually, it was not. It just, it came out like after that and and it was using the same artwork. And that's why I was thinking that that was the case. But anyway, it was a totally separate thing. Fake news. All right. So I'm going to talk about two games, but I'll go ahead and I'm going to go back to not go back to back. So just so you know, two games I'm going to talk about before we get to the reviews are Race for the Galaxy, an oldie, and then an oldie made newie or newly available again, Glass Road. And I know a lot of y'all have been interested in me and wanting to know my thoughts on Glass Road. So, and Dean's played Glass Road too, so he'll kind of give you some thoughts on that. But Race for the Galaxy, here, here's an interesting piece for this. Uh, Roll for the Galaxy has been on my top 50 every year. I think yours too, Dean? Yes, I think every year. I think so. Um, I hadn't played Race in, in a while. Not the physical copy, at least. Uh, occasionally, we get on BGA, Board Game Arena, and I'll play Race for the Galaxy. I had introduced this to my wife, Race for the Galaxy. I think when we first like started doing Meeple Town, which was you know three, what is it, three, three and a, three, three and a half years ago, something like that. And before Meeple Town, I had not gotten. She had just played. Pr- you know, mostly Catan, mostly Ticket to Ride, Small World, nothing too heavy. You know, Puerto Rico was probably the thing that she had played, <clears throat> would be the heaviest game that she had played. I remember teaching her Race for the Galaxy, and she was like, this is so confusing. There's so many symbols on this. The iconography, like, oh, this, but then the hand's not there, or it's that, like, so many symbols that look the same. She was totally lost. And didn't like it at all. Fast forward to a week or so ago. I said, hey, babe, let's play Race for the Galaxy again. Also, because I'm going through games that are on my shelf to decide if I what to get rid of because my shelves are overflowing. And I was like, hey, we have Roll. Do we really need Race for the Galaxy? Taught to her again. And it was one of those moments where she's like, oh, my gosh, why was I so confused on Race for the Galaxy? <laughs> Yes, I know the iconography. There's a little to learn, but like it was like this is not that complicated of a game, really at all. Um, and I hadn't played it in a while. Again, like the physical copy, Dean. I really enjoy it. I really like Race for the Galaxy. Um, and there's a place in my collection for it and Roll for the Galaxy, no doubt. Like I, I don't. And the reason that there is, um, and if you don't know what Race for the Galaxy is, I, I guess I'll make mention in case there's some people out there, but it's one of the most popular probably card games um, that's out there. I mean, you're basically, you're, you're building out 
your cards, this tableau of cards, and you're spending cards to do it, right? And you're trying to get up combinations of things to score points. Um, you can ship off goods and different things like that to score points in it. But it's a pretty quick game, you know? And that's that's the one thing I really like about Race. I think it's even quicker than Roll for the Galaxy. It can be, it, you know, the city, a Tom Lehman game, Tom Lehman designed um, Race for the Galaxy. We've talked about the city and stuff. It has some of those feels to it, but I just think it's, it's a just an ex, it's an excellent game, and why I would keep it is that it's it's got a big box. It's a dead gum deck of cards, and some little chits for for victory points. The box could have been way smaller, you know. And I know people have said things about that, but um, but I mean, I could take that and just. I don't know. I could take it almost anywhere and play it. And it's an enjoyable, fast game. It's like one of those games where you're like, all right, we got to run that back. And that's what we did. Like we played it and I think we played it two, three, four times in a row uh, in the, in, in a couple days because it was just like 30 minutes, boom, done 30 minutes, done. So I like it. What do you think? I, I own this game for a little bit and then I got rid of it. Not, not because I didn't enjoy it because it just wasn't getting played at the time. And so, um, and I was, you can play it online. You can play the app version of it. So that was good enough for me at the time. But also whenever Roll for the Galaxy came out, for me, it just replaced yeah. it. But I get why people don't feel that way. You know, I get why people yeah. prefer prefer that because I, I think it's, yeah, it's interesting, especially with all the expansion stuff. And that's one thing I didn't really get into is all of that. And I've heard it adds. Which but is I've why you can put that into the box. Yeah. I complained about the box size, but because, yeah, go ahead. But I've heard that it it might be a little too convoluted if you add like all that stuff in. It's mm. like maybe doesn't really make sense to do that. But I wasn't interested enough to go down that rabbit hole. Same thing, honestly. Star Realms kind of fit in that category too. Got you. Yeah. Like I would just rather play the app when it does everything for you. Whenever I'm not going to get it played that much, like those. Yeah, those type of games aren't really going to get played much with my wife and I. So. I think it would be an interesting showdown. I like going back and play it again. I liked it better than I remembered. Like, I don't know. Like I did. And like, I, I, I asked myself, could I like, could I keep this over roll? I maybe, I'm not saying that I would pr- prefer that. You know what I mean? But like, it does have a lot of the same feels. It, it definitely does. I mean, the dice roll and the way you do your actions is a little bit different and things like that. But like, I don't know. Like it's, it's actually a really good game. <laughs> I don't know how to say it other than that. Like I really enjoy that. If you never played it, you should, if you want like a 30 minute ish card game, that's, you know, it's you're racing. You're trying to get these cars down as fast as you can. And also trying to score as many points as you possibly can while you're doing it. The way the action selection is cool. You're playing a card, your opponent's playing a card. You're doing the actions on both of those cards. You get a bonus for the one that you laid down. You've seen that in, I mean, terraforming Mars, the new and kind of ripped that off of that. Um, which was fine. Cause I liked that <laughs> in there. Right. Right. Uh, I like that. I like that. Like trying to guess, which is kind of be, uh, you know, we'll talk about glass road here in a minute, but trying to guess what card your opponent's going to play. I like that kind of stuff in games. So it's uh, race is good, man. I, I like that. It is. It is now with the, with the expansion stuff for roll. I don't regret. I just don't regret it. You know, having all that. Yeah. The, That's the, true. That expansion stuff's really good, but I would, I w- we should do it. Man. I don't know. Maybe we should do a showdown one day. Race versus that would, roll. That wouldn't be terrible, especially because it's been so long since I played it. And maybe, maybe yeah. my opinion will change on that. It, the the crazy thing is, there's so many games like that 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 give you kind of the same kind of yeah. feel as those. That 
some of those might even come into the equation too. The the sure. uh, 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 race arcana kind of has some of that feel to it as well. You know, like building yeah. up those building up those combos, and it's like that racing game. Of course, it's the Maybe same. We should person, do a, but it's, a you know. trifecta or something. Race yeah. Arcana versus like do all three of those. The city just wouldn't. The make city, it. yeah. I mean, no, it, but it just it's just not as good as any of those for sure. In my but opinion. out of those, I think it's the better entry point for any of those. If if it's somebody who hasn't played a lot of games, I think the city for sure. works really well. But because you might end up being like my wife who didn't want to play it for a couple of years, race because she had a bad experience of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, she, but yeah. but out of those, I think those are all three better better games in my in my book for sure. All right, so that is Race for the Galaxy. Excellent game. All right, another solo game I'm going to talk about. Actually, I, so I, I brought Under Falling Skies, too. I'm not going to talk about that. I think I talked about that at one point. But I really yeah. like Under Falling Skies. I think it's a lot of fun. I haven't even been broken into the campaign. I just play it on the, like, I just play the regular version over and over again. But Rolling Realms, we talked about when we went to PAX. This is the first game that we played. We played it before we got on the plane and then finished up while we were on the plane. But... The reason why I want to bring it up today is because the solo aspect is pretty interesting. I think it's pretty unique. So how this works out is you you remember roll, right? Rolling realms, right, John? Like you roll Absolutely. two dice. You have you have three different realms, okay? Three different realms that are all different like uh, Stonemeyer games. And so they all have their own different rules for them. You roll two dice and you pick one die to go in one realm, another die to go in another realm, and then, you know, check boxes. It's a just a straight up roll and write game. The way the solo works is you have a hole. It's it, it's a it's a eighteen hole golf course basically is how this works out. And I think I played three or four four holes. I think is what I played. And so it might be play these three realms, and then if you get this certain score, then you win the hole. If you don't get it, then you get a little bit of a bonus. You play the hole again, and then you would get a two on that hole, okay? So, like, the first hole is a par one, and so if you get that, you get par, okay? If you beat it the first yeah, time. Interesting. But then it has int- – I wish I would have brought the rule book in here with me. I didn't think about that. But then it, the rules change with how you beat the player. So you want to have – um, you want to have this one realm score more points than the other realm, but you still need to have this certain amount of points or, or, or have four, five, and six stars in, in those three different realms or something okay. like that. Like it's, it's really interesting how those play out. And so again, if you don't win it, you go back and play it again. And so far, I think I've had to replay one of them twice but then i was really close on the other one but it's a really tense experience and i i i think it's really interesting I, much much more unique than i thought you know just trying to beat somebody else's score trying to beat your own score you actually have to do these things th- these elements of just like not just getting the most amount of points that you can get but i i enjoy it i'm gonna play this out eventually uh play through the whole thing but i just had to keep up with it no you couldn't play through all 18 holes in one setting unless you took like a a really long time. Each hole takes, I don't know, not too long, maybe 15, 20 minutes or something like that. But then you have 18 holes. That's a really long experience, but you really liked it. I bet. Didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I thought this was a lot of fun. This would, yeah. this moves it up into a, a, a high on my list of solo games now, just because of, of that unique way of scoring, I think. But I feel like every time you talk about this game, you just, it, it just, you have a pretty glowing review. Yeah, I, I think Rolling Realms is a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. it's I don't know if it's my top solo game or my top roll and write game, but it's still 
it's still a lot of fun, which we probably should do both of those at some point, our top list. We, we may have done a yeah. top roll and write list, haven't we? Have we done that? I think we did at one point, but... Yeah, that's. I, I would imagine mine would have changed anyway since we've done yeah. that. It's probably been a while. It was fun. Like, I wasn't blown away by it by any stretch. I, I, and I actually really understand, especially if you like um, roll and write games, and games that you can get to the table pretty quickly and all that, like why you would like it. I'm going to say again, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, on Game Nerds, this game is $13.97. On, <laughs> on Miniature Mart, it's $15. On Amazon, you can get one day prime. It's $20 out the door. So, I mean, plus tax, obviously. But, <clears throat> like, that's... If you are remotely interested, it's hard to not just go ahead and pick it up for that price, isn't it? Yeah, like, and it, this I mean, was, this is one that was free during COVID. It might even still be free print and play. I have no idea. I think it's worth it to just pick this up um, for that amount of money because the what it is is you're writing on the cards and it comes with the dry erase markers, two huge yeah. chunky dice. Um, the production quality for what this game is is actually really well done, as you can imagine. With like every Stonemaier always game, does, but, yeah. But for something so simple, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's just, it's, Jamie always, it seems like he's always like putting out really good quality for really good price. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really, I agree. Like I've, you know, mentioned, you know, people can argue about tapestry and stuff and all that kind of stuff, but you know, for the price tag that tapestry has, give me a break, dude. If you want to go look at, we mentioned, go look at the new Catan that came out for 200 and something dollars versus $80 for tapestry. Like it's not even, not even close so, you know, I'm, I I think he just, you know, I don't know. He must have, have, be able to, he's kind of a, a small shop, right? Kind of running his own thing. And my guess is that he's not trying to make a fortune, you know, like he's got his margins like they are to try to survive and to go. I don't know. He's had some big hits that have been helpful. I think he's doing okay. Yeah, with yeah. with those big hits. I mean, Scythe is a huge evergreen to have, and and Viticultures, yeah. I imagine, has done pretty well. And Wingspan, I mean, come on. Oh, is that? That's, yeah, that's, that's a game that's too. Just right? I, I think it's done okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> crazy. It's that that and tapestry's done okay. I think. I know that it, I know that there was a lot more in print. I think that got printed out than got sold originally. Like there, it seemed like the prices were starting to go down because there must have been a lot available you know, a lot left out, but still, He's, he always has a huge wave of games, you know, like yeah. the, the model with the, the champion, like you get a discount free shipping or, or whatever that is now. I can't remember what the championship thing is, but to get a better deal and you have so many people that pre-order from that just because it's Stonemeyer, And I think it's that model of days of wonder. Let's not put out a ton of games, but let's put out good quality stuff. When good, we do. Like really focused. But I will say about Stonemeyer the last two games have been pretty ho-hum for me. Like Red Rising and Pendulum, I didn't care for much. Yeah. It's I'd... been surprising for how, like, I mean, for how many hits he put out or how many games I was like, wow, that's pretty good. I mean, even between two castles, you know, like I enjoyed that. I still have that. It's still in my collection. Those two, I've been like, meh. I really like Pendulum. The problem is it's finding people to play that with. That's... Yeah, I, I, yeah. I want to get to that table a lot more than, than what I do. Anyway, all right, let's talk about your other one. That's it. I think maybe he needs to do some more designing again. He did Rolling Realms, though, didn't he? I think so. I think that's right. Yeah. 
All right, so Glass Road. I mentioned this a second ago. Um, if you don't know what Glass Road is, it's an Uwe Rosenberg game who is one of my very favorite designers in the world. I just love so much stuff that he's put out. I mentioned A Feast for Odin in the podcast or Caverna or Agricola or Bonanza, right? He does all kinds of stuff. Um, this is like Neusfjord, I feel like, in the sense of it's kind of like a big box condensed into a short time span right so so you know you talk about caverna you're talking about an hour and a half two hours of play right um you know a lot of the bigger boxes that he has are like that this game has some of those feels um but again it's in a shorter time span so in in um glass road what you're going to be doing is you're going to just be placing buildings onto your your land but your land when you start off the game is going to have you know some forest and different things that you might need to chop down in order to uh, you know, build your buildings on there. You're also going to start with some different mines and different things like that. But really, it's interesting. You have this deck of, I believe, 15 cards. And so you have that. And in addition to that, you have a common place where all the buildings are. And I believe it depends on how many players are playing, but you're going to have three rows of different types of buildings and you're going to have like five or six buildings, right? So you're going to have 15 uh, 18 buildings or something like that to pick from. Um, you're going to then pick five cards from your 15 cards that you have. And when you, ha you have those five cards, what you'll do is on, when the round starts, you'll, everyone will lay a card face down as one of those to play. When it becomes your turn, you're going to lay your card face up. And if I lay my card face up and Dean has that exact card in his hand, then two things are going to happen. First, Dean's going to lay down that card and Dean is going to get to do one of the two actions on that card. The second thing that happens is I'm going to get to do one of the two actions. The interesting thing about this game is if Dean didn't, nor anyone else had played that card, what would happen? I'd get to do two actions on it. So there's that Rialto or some of these other games where you're flipping and you're like, there's like that anticipation. Like, oh man, what's, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And in addition to that, you might be taking cards into your hand that you might not super want to do the action, but you know, Dean's going to do it. And uh, if you know, he's going to do it, you're only going to be, it depends on the player count, but in player counts more than two, you're going to be playing three cards right um, each turn. So you're going to have an extra slot for two and you really want to use those cards because that's extra actions. Even if, you know, maybe you don't love it a ton. So there's kind of a guessing game there in it. And I think that that is really fun, a ton of fun. Um, in addition to that, there's this, the way the resource wheel works is really intriguing. There's two resources that are very tough to get bricks and glass. And basically they're on this wheel and the wheel has arms kind of like a clock. And whenever you have an empty space on your kind of more basic resources, you know, maybe clay or whatever, when, when they move forward and the way that you keep track is you move them forward on this kind of dial. And when you, if you move them forward to where there's an empty space uh, behind it and there's an, there's two empty spaces, I don't want to get to them. It's kind of hard to explain, but then you'll turn the dial and essentially you're going to lose a resource of all your basics to then gain one of the really powerful like one brick or one glass. And the way you manage that is intriguing because there's times when you're like, yes, I want to do that to get the glass. There's also times where you're like, no, I did that at the wrong time. And now I just lost a resource on all these. And I was going to buy that building. And now I, you know, I needed because three you have of these because you have to do uh -huh, it. I yeah. needed three of these resources. Now I only have two and that's going to happen. 
I mean, maybe you're a spectacular player, but it happens well many several times to me. I plan it all out and I forget to manage that wheel correctly. And I think that's brilliant too in Glass Road. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'm going to say is it is a very tight, low-scoring game. So if, if you want a game where you're going to score 150 points because you just like those games and you're going to score a point for everything, you might not like this because you might get buildings where you're going to score one point for it or two yeah, or three. Like you're going to have games where you're going to score 15 points. The winner might, you know, a great, a really good score could be 25 points in this game, but it also is, is under an hour, you know, 45 minutes, I would say something like that. Whenever you played it, I really like this one, Dean, what do you think about it? Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one too. And I, I have had this for a little while. I think, you know, you compare those to Newsfjord, I, I'm, my guess, I would have to probably play them back to back to really be completely educated on this. My, my guess is I'd probably prefer Newsfjord to this. Um, maybe a, a better comparison would be broom service, which is, you know, has that same mechanism as, as what glass road does, but it's not as Euro-y as, as that it's a yeah. fister game, but it has a, you know, a more cartoony feeling to it, I guess, than what glass yeah. road does. But, uh, and in that case, I think I actually probably prefer broom service. Broom service is a really, really fun game but it's a little more chaotic than what what glass road is but you're right all those things that you like that that managing your resource piece is is really interesting but also really frustrating if you're not doing that well uh you can manage it manage it and you and you need to but if you're not familiar with the game you might end up getting really frustrated because of that but yeah i i enjoyed it The, the problem is like the the main those two main mechanisms i enjoy but like at the end of the day, you're collecting resources to buy those tiles, and and that part isn't as interesting necessarily as as some other games, I guess. Yeah, that, and that the, would be my negative on it. Yeah, there's a ton of building tiles, and sometimes they and, and and the scores will change. Sometimes they come out where they're really working together, and sometimes it's a little harder to make you know make them work together. There is a card that lets you draw three, one of each of the things, and put them in like your private I can purchase stash, but sometimes they don't do you any good. Like you played that card, and you're like, dang it, this doesn't really go with what I'm trying to do. I like that, though. I like, you know, I've said a hundred times, I like those spank me games, you know, that like you're like, let me try to figure out how to score as many points as possible with this being very difficult, and so I, I, I really enjoy it. Is it my, you know, in my top Rosenberg games? Not yet. Not, I mean, maybe never, you know, but if I want to play a game that has some of those big box feels in a much shorter time and uh, easier to set up as well, you do have to organize the tiles and stuff, but it's still way easier than putting out a million Caverna tiles. Uh, This one's going to stay in my collection for quite some time, I think. Sometimes it's just like I'm planting trees and cutting trees down. I'm planting trees and cutting trees down. And I think that's the part that's just not as exciting. There's not like the road aspect isn't really there. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like you have to do anything in any kind of great progression. Um, Yeah. You're just trying, you're trying to make the tiles match combos and make the, get this so that you, Oh, you can get that resource a little easier to get that one. And whoever does it the most efficiently in a really tight scoring game, you know, uh, wins is four rounds. It's over. The rounds don't take super long. So yeah, it's interesting. I also think that maybe you like Newsfjord too, because you really like a fishing type theme. More than a going down a road, I guess. Yeah, probably do. you do. Like you, t- like you like fleet, fleet and stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I've I've noticed that you s- tend to like those kind of 
uh, fishing. And I do too. Like, I think that's kind of a cool theme. So I yeah. prefer that theme over the glass road theme, but I just like the way the mechanics are in glass road a little better, I think, but I would be happy to do a, I've only played news fjord, like what a couple times with you. So I wouldn't mind. That would be another, we're talking about games that we could do some showdowns to. That would be another nice showdown. I think it could be and you know, maybe, maybe even we, we consider doing a showdown between glass road and, and broom service. Those are two of your favorite designers too, which is, you know, That'd be, yeah. that'd be big time showdown for you. I've heard, I've never played broom service and it's, I've had such mixed reviews on that. Like I've heard a lot of people, uh, JD, I don't know if you're listening to JD, a guy that I know here locally, Dean loves that game for what it is, understands like it's a little bit lighter and stuff and just think it's wonderful. Jonathan, I think he gave it like four out of 10. That's nice. like, he just did not like it at all. And like, and I'm so close to him like on uh-huh. scores but i am with this with jd my buddy too and so i'm like it's been kind of polarizing so i just need to get it to the table you do it. probably have to play with the right people and mm-hmm. it is it, again it's more chaotic but it's we've we've had a lot of fun with my family with that one all right, all right hold on hold up oh, hold up no no no, 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 no. I, f- I forgot about one more game that you and i have to really quickly talk about because i started playing it again and you've played it a lot <coughs> excuse me y'all can't stop Remember I mentioned I was going to talk about this? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I went on to Board Game Arena. I hadn't played Can't Stop in years, and I had it rated at like a 6 out of 10. And I'm like, you know what? I, th- I thought about that game a lot more uh, since I've played it, meaning it's better than a 6 out of 10. I busted it out. If you don't know what Can't Stop is, basically there's all these paths that you're trying to go up. Now, depending on what version, you might be going up a mountain or, <laughs> or nothing. It has no thematic thing. And it goes from 2 to 12, and uh, you're basically rolling four dice. And when you roll those four dice in the game, um, you're going to make, you're going to select uh, two different combinations of those. So two dice here and two dice here. And you're going to kind of go up on these tracks, but you're not going to go up officially. You're going to go up with a runner, meaning like this is where you would be if you decided to stop right now. And every round you're going to get to use up to three runners to kind of boost your thing. And you can keep rolling and rolling and rolling until what, Dean? Until you just say, I stop. And if you stop, then you can move your character, your piece up to that spot on the board. Or if you roll and you can't do one of those three runners, like you can't get the combinations to do any of them, you bust and you go back down to where you were last time you stopped. Uh, the two and the 12 only require like three wins to get to win that row. But the seven requires a ton to, to win that because it's so easy to roll seven with four dice. It you When you get to the top of three different spots, whoever gets their first wins the game. What do you think about uh, Can't Stop? It's a classic. It's been around forever. Uh, do you like it? Oh, I, I really enjoy Can't Stop. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I rarely rarely win this game because i i just want to push my luck what what my what i like to i know do, you do I, I have the same strategy if i'm if i've got like six seven and eight that i'm that i'm going for in that first round i probably will not stop until i reach the top for one of those like wow I, I are just, you serious yeah because i'm like the odds are, are pretty good but it never happens um that yeah. you make it that far but if i make it on a two or twelve i'll usually stop like even getting one up on those because, you know, potentially you could win in a few rounds if you're, if you're get really lucky. Yeah. You could win yeah, one I, round if you got super lucky, I guess, but. I actually, I've played this online. I actually win an okay amount of this. And I think my strategy is I play my opponents. 
So if if my opponents are playing really risky, then I actually slow it down a little bit because I know that they're going to bust a lot. If they're playing a little non-risky, then I actually up my risk a little, not like a ton, but I might I might roll a few more times going if I can just beat them by a few more. You know what I mean? And and go up a few more notches, I'm going to be able to beat them. So yeah, it's kind of like a feeling out of my opponents at the beginning of the game uh, as to how I alter my strategy a little bit. So, you know, yeah. that Can't Stop is, it's it's a great little game. I mean, I think it's like seven and a half out of 10 for me or something, you know, maybe eight out of 10, maybe potentially, probably not. But I mean, eight out of 10 means I would suggest it. And I absolutely would with the right crowd. I would. Yeah. 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 It's I, probably I, I an eight out of 10 for that only reason. Because I was, Dean, what I was thinking was, you know, my crowd of guys that started playing um, Skull, they would freaking love this game. Oh, I promise yeah. you, like Justin yeah. and those guys, like I bet they would just be like, oh, we got to keep playing this because it's got that like Vegas, you know, push your luck kind of feel. But it's so simple and it's I, I, I just think I think it's a great game. And a, a couple of really quick things. One is Eagle Griffin is coming out this year with a a cheaper version. that they, So they, I guess they own the rights to this. That's not going to be the giant board. So it's a smaller box that's going to be, I believe, a neoprene mat. So you might like that, you might not like it, but on their website, you can pre-order it for like $21.99. And so if you've ever, like, I'm wrestling with, I don't know, will I like the mat or would I like how it kind of clicks into like the bigger board? You know what I mean? The, the cones do or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know which one, uh, but I, I just looked it up and I was thinking about picking it up because I don't own it. I've just played it online like a ton. Um, I, I am going to end up picking this up because I taught my eight-year-old and he loved it. Like we because there's actually a free fake version on the app store if you're if i'm allowed yeah, to say that uh-huh, yeah. and uh, i taught him and he was like we played so many times in a row and he was just like he would cry sometimes and laugh sometimes and like he was super into it so um that's really cool and then the last thing i was going to say is that this is a sid saxon game so he's done a you know classic games classic yeah. acquire bizarre sleuth like so many different games um I think that that's this was a uh, came out in 1980 for those who who don't know. So if you if you enjoy push your luck and you don't mind just laughing it up, and this game is so fast that that's why I don't care as much because I'm just like okay, let's just roll it back again. Yeah, pun intended. Yeah. It's a blast. It's a blast. I really enjoyed yeah. this one too. Speaking of games that could potentially be a blast, let's look at So Clover. All right, so Dean, are you so clover? I I'd like to think that I am, actually. I'm so clover it. Ugh. Yeah. That's a second really bad one I've done today. And then just today. Like, yeah, I mean just yeah, nine thirty in the morning already. <laughs> Yikes. Uh we are recording this in the in the morning. All right. So uh, I think I mentioned this, I did, on the video that will be out today, I think. So it'll be out, I think, the day before the podcast releases, or two days maybe before the podcast releases. But So Clover is a game that, you know, looking at the box and all that kind of stuff, Johnny wasn't like super excited about it. You know, repost, produ- repost productions, I, I do like party games to find a good, I do enjoy finding a good one. Oftentimes, though, there's a lot of kind of mad games out there. But I kept hearing interesting things about it. Like I kept hearing people say, no, you've got to check this. So Clover game out. It's pretty good. So I bought it 
I went ahead and just said, you know what? What the hey? Let me buy this game. In this game, what you're going to be doing is it's pretty simple. Dean and I will be doing a lot of comparisons to just one. Isn't that right, Deanie boy? That's right. Yeah, That's right. I think you. I think you have to a little bit, right? I think so. Uh, so in this game, uh, you it's a word association game. So you're going to be given a clover. That's a dry erase clover. You're going to be given four squares of words, and there's going to be a word on each side of the square. And your clover has a place to place four of those like kind of paperish squares. You're going to randomly place them onto the clover. And what's going to end up happening is there will be two words at the top of each of the four clover sides. So one that I had in the video was bark and curtain. There might be football and player would be a much simpler one. And what you're going to do is everyone that has the clover, this is a cooperative game, is going to write a word on each side of the clover trying to associate football player so you might put you can only use one word though Stafford. you might put you do montana stafford i was gonna say rogers because of the meme that you sent me today uh you and tell meeple town what you sent me yeah you keep talking i'll, I'll look up exactly um what uh but you might put montana for uh, or whatever and then the interesting thing is you put something like that, someone might think that you're talking about the state. And so you're going to completely do that. Then what you're going to do is take all those those four um, p- the four pieces in the middle of your clover off the board, shuffle a brand new one in there, and you're going to lay them all out. And after everyone's done that, you're going to take turns going around cooperatively, trying to not place these squares onto your clover, but they still have four words around it. So not only do you have to place it, you got to make sure you have the right orientation of the word to where you're like, oh man, and you're, you're doing, oh, hills and valleys or something. Someone's like, oh, that's Montana. That's Montana. And the other person's like, no, it's not. It's football player. He's thinking it's Joe Montana. And you're arguing back and forth and you're trying to, and you're like, yeah, but if it's Joe, if it's Joe Montana, then doesn't that make this other one make more sense? Right. Doesn't it make this one? And there's this like puzzly trying to figure it out. When you're finished, you ask the person if they get it right. They simply take off the ones that are wrong. Even if it's like in the right spot, just the wrong orientation of the word they have to take it off for everyone that you get correct you score a point if you get them all correct the first time you score two bonus points so you would score six points total um is the most you can score on one player's thing and that's it that's the entire game there's not in the game whether like it or not there's not a score chart that says if you score this you do well it is just a place for you to log all your games and you kind of try to do your best score for your teams so what do you think about the uh, – do we want to do art, art, art and components really fast? It's fine. Components are good. I mean, yeah, it's it's fine. a dry erase clover, giant clover that you have on there. But The um, art, art in the box is nothing like that draws me in or anything. Yeah, it's I did, pretty non-existent. I did have one of my friends that doesn't play a ton of games uh, say, John, what do you do with games as you review them like this that are called So Clover – and it really is nothing to do with clovers. Like it's not, it's not thematic. And it, it does, I mean, in the sense of like the four and stuff like that. But uh, he does like to play D and D in games like that. So that opened up oh, a quick topic of conversation good. where I said, I don't care. I just into the mechanics of the game. And he's like, no, I, I really want to, I guess he would, I think that um, Greg would be more like you, Dean, would really, would really enjoy the thematic nature of games a little bit more than I do. Yeah, he's hardcore D&D, though. And so that's a little bit different because I do enjoy, you know, 
things like no, that. No, you not definitely that he, not that he doesn't, but yeah. No, you right, definitely right. can play Glass Road, and it's totally not thematic, and you would enjoy it if you like the mechanics, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so th- this is the meme. Before I get started in that, this is the second time this year that Aaron Rodgers fooled us into thinking he had a shot. Oh, <laughs> that was pretty good. That was funny. after they lost the game the other night. Okay, so and the funny thing is, is anytime you mention vaccines, it's like you almost want to. You hold your breath. Even mention that I'm back. It's such a polarizing topic. So, anyways, yeah. we're just going to end it right there. And we can all agree that's a funny meme, though, right? Yeah, and I mean, whether you're no matter what side you're on, you got to be able to chuckle at that, right? There we go. There you go. Okay, so beyond the art components, what do I what do I like about this game? Let me let me start off by saying what I anticipated not liking about this game before I get into. Oh, you're, you're pulling a John. Yeah, you're pulling a let's let's do some drama and suck you into it. <laughs> You're getting better at this, Dean. Cue the dramatic music. Okay, so I played Crossed Crossed Words was one that I reviewed during COVID, and you have not played Crossed Words. I have not. Okay. Uh, I I enjoy Crossed Words. I thought it was fun, but I had some issues with it. Basically, on that game, you're kind of doing the same thing. You You have two words that intersect with each other, and you have to come up with a word that matches those two but there's not a nobody's trying to figure out what those words are like that's the only thing it's like categories like you just have to come up with a word and and so i had some issues with that coming into this game i thought some of those same issues might carry over but i also the biggest thing i was concerned about is the ap that could happen the the analysis paralysis when you're trying to figure out those words, how long it would take to do that was something I anticipated being pretty bad. Like I thought, oh my goodness, yeah. if you play with this wrong with the wrong people, you're gonna be thinking about this forever. But it, that was not my experience. It felt more like a just one in that sense where you're trying to come up with a word and it can take a long time. You can take a really long time. But overall, I didn't feel like that was the case. I felt, felt like pretty early on, you can come up with a word and it's not gonna be a perfect word. It rarely is gonna be a perfect word. You yeah. just put it, and then hopefully they can figure out from the clues. But it, you still had that same sense of just one where it's like, okay, what were they thinking when they put this word? Yeah. Trying to get inside their mind. And that's the part that was missing from crossed words that is that is present in just one and very present here too. I, I really enjoy that, that piece. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, it's, you know... <clears throat> I, like I said before, I, I wasn't super excited about it. I just kept hearing, you know, even when we went to PAX U, remember when we went into that like press uh, thing that me and you stood around and felt like we were totally out of place and then we just walked out. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> we were like, mm, all these people know each other we're not, and we're not supposed we, to be here. we know like one person here. I don't think we're supposed to be here right now. And then we just walked out. That was really funny. Um, anyway. They were playing it there. I saw a couple tables, I think, had um, had this game. And it is – that's a perfect scenario, right? Like you're just hanging out with yeah. your friends. You're you know, eating or having a couple of drinks or having a cup of coffee or – you know what I mean? You're just hanging out. You're just – you know, whatever. And you can just pull this thing out. It doesn't take up a lot of table space. It's the, the clover is not that big. And uh, anyone can play this game, you know? The first time I played it, I played it with my wife and my eight-year-old son. It wasn't great. He was, it was, it was, t- it was, it was too tough, right. For him to try to associate these words. Yeah. Dean mentioned sometimes I, I got bark and curtain. I think I wrote hang and Dean figured it out actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought like, yeah, hang, 
Marks hangs on a tree, you know what I mean? You can hang a curtain or something like that. Like, and I sat there, it was, I watched the video. It was really annoying how long I sat there, um, trying to figure out what do I do for these kind of things on the flip side. Sometimes it just kind of, like I mentioned before, football and player, it's easier and you can just write them down. Um, but the, the intriguing part about this is after I started playing this with adults, uh, that actually knew, like could, could play this game a little bit better. I just fell in love actually with the puzzly nature of how to figure out where those squares go and trying to get inside of Dean's head. Dean, uh, Dean would say Dean's said head and, uh, <laughs> and try to go, say that. what is he, yeah, you probably would. What is, what is he thinking? In fact, we had a, a game night. Um, uh, we used our church to have this, this game night on uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. And I had a lot of people who, we get together and we play games, but it's mostly light, fun party games, code names and different things like that. Right. And I thought, I'm going to throw this out there. Is this going to be frustrating for some of them? You know what I mean? Like, cause it can, some of the words can be tough and I could see people being like, Oh man, this game is just hard. And they loved it. I mean, they were, they just thought it was, was the bee's knees. But I mentioned this because there was one, our, our buddy, Brian, like he was adamant that he knew his wife and that she would not select these certain combinations together. <laughs> and I was like, Brian, are you sure? Cause I really think this is right. And he was dead wrong. <laughs> Cause he was, you know, you're trying to, and I mentioned that to say like, you are trying to get into the player's heads. You are trying to think, what is this person thinking? Um, and when you start to like put the puzzle pieces and you start to go, I think this is right. You kind of get this satisfaction, not kind of, you get the satisfaction of, okay, if this is here, then this is going to go here. And if that goes here, yes, this makes sense to go here. And you get all excited. And you're like, yeah. And then you've missed three out of four, you know, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> and there's that. And then you have to go back and start thinking about it all over again. You can really have, you can really talk yourself out of getting it right immediately. Yes. Yeah. You definitely can. Even if it seems so obvious to somebody else, you might be thinking something totally different. And here's what I, what I really enjoy about the game is that extra card that yes. you throw in there because that <laughs> really throws a kink into things. Potentially yeah. you might have excellent clues and then you throw a card in there that like throws a wrench. It just works better. Thing. And I love that. I love that I aspect. And, and I could see somebody potentially getting frustrated, but if you didn't have that, I feel like it would be much easier Too easy. And that just, yeah, it just adds in that challenge. Um, and maybe, you know, complete randomness. And, but for this type of game, I, Ah, I think that's, I think that's a lot. Totally agree. It's so frustrating. And it's also, I will say it's a little nerve wracking whenever you're the one that wrote your stuff on there and you're sitting back and letting other people talk about it. It's like, it's like they're talking about something private of your, you know what I mean? Like, like you're like, yeah. cause you, you just poured your heart and soul into this and you're like, Oh, and then, the, and then they're like, no, he's not dumb enough to do that. <laughs> and right. you're like, Dang it, I am. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> you must not know me really well because I am that dumb. Uh, so, yeah, and I think that that's, that's really fun. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it was – I've had many times where, like, they got it right immediately. And then they talk, then they got start and they talked themselves out of it. And then I've even had times where they talked themselves back into it. And, like, that should not have taken 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. That could be a negative to the game is that there can definitely be AP in this game. You can definitely have the player or the players that are taking forever to fill out their clover. Um, You could fix that by putting some kind of a timer down and going, hey, we're doing this for three minutes, y'all. And then at the end of it, if you can only associate one word with a word, which sometimes you almost have to, (laughs) 
and you're just like, let them try to figure it out. We're not going to take forever. Cause that was one, the one complaint from one of the players that played that night out of probably eight to 10 people that went cycled through playing that game was one of the person said, this is just too much downtime. And it was really because one player was taking five to 10 minutes every time to fill out their clover and everyone was just sitting around waiting for that one player to finish. Yeah. And somebody who is a perfectionist might struggle with that. Like I need to find the perfect word. I struggle with that a little bit. Not me as much. I mean, I I think I just kind of run with it because some of them can seem so bizarre. What was the one that I gave you that one time? It was, uh, I was trying to think of that. It was ice cream and, um, Oh goodness! Ice cream, and then the other astronaut. one was like no, no astronaut. No. That's the word that I put. Oh, that's a word. That's right. Spoiler. Um, so anyway, yeah, the, the ice. It was ice cream and space. I think is what it was, and I put astronaut. And in my mind, I was like, you know, if you ever Nailed have it. gone to any of these, like, like the Air and Space Museum in DC, or uh, what's the one in Huntsville, the Space and Rocket Center there? Yeah, they always sell that astronaut ice cream, which was really cool. It's just like freeze dried ice cream. And I was like, if you've ever been there, you know that those two have a a connection, but you didn't get it, you know? And, and like, I just, I, I, as long as I feel clever, I almost don't even care like what the result is Yeah. in some ways. Like it's even funnier if the, the somebody completely whiffs, as long as I feel clever and what I did, it's a successful game, I guess. Is that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always the times wherever like you missed it. And that when the player reveals it, you're like, ah, you know, there's, there's times wherever you're like, I should have got that. And then there's times like, you're like, that was a horrible, <laughs> that was a horrible word. Yeah. Like that uh-huh. doesn't make a lot of sense or that's too specialized of a word. You know, like I didn't feel, I didn't personally feel bad about that one. Cause I just didn't know. I thought yeah. it, was, it was a good word, but it was just like, yeah, I just, that was one of those scenarios where I just hadn't experienced that before. So there's, but yeah, it's, it's good, Dean. Um, so what, what's your, what's your rating on this game? How you feel? Okay. Let me go. Um, and then I, I want to mention a comparison. I, that's what I was going to do next. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll do that in my final thoughts. So, uh, for me, just one is still king of of these type of games, these party okay. games. And but I will say this, you know, for me, I would I think my order was probably just one, and then code names, and then you know whatever else after that. I think I prefer this to code names, even though I really like code names. Wow. I think it's still a lot of fun. I still think I prefer just one, but this game is really cool. But it's it's more limiting because you can't play it with everybody. You know, you you need to have the right group. It, it, what I mean by that is like, this is for a more uh, mature audience, not because of the content. It's just like the level of difficulty for kids yeah. to grasp some of this, I think is a little harder than just one. Just one is more approachable. And maybe that's why I prefer it. And also I've played it a ton, but I'm going to give this one an eight. I, I really, really wow. enjoy this one. I'm not going to turn down a play of it. In fact, I, it's difficult to find right now, uh, but I went ahead and put it on pre-order I think it's supposed to be here in like February or something like that. I, I'm definitely going to play this one with family. I think they'll enjoy this one quite a bit. Um, okay. So my thoughts about this and just one, as I do my final thoughts, uh, simply this, I, I agree with what Dean says. Basically, if I were to have just one game, uh, I would still pick just one. Why? What Dean mentioned, it's just 
I can play with anyone. I can play it with my eight-year-old, right? I can play it with, I mean, the eight-year-old is going to have a hard time sometimes maybe guessing whenever they're the guesser, but you could also just not have them be the guesser if they didn't want to be, or put an adult with them. That's what we do to like say, hey, here's your partner. You know, they kind of partner up on the guessing aspect of it, of just one. Um, But you can play that thing with anyone. And uh, that's one of the things I like about party games. Now, selfishly, I like, I like So Clover better. Like if I'm just going to pick a game that I want to play, hands down, actually, hands down, I would rather play So Clover. Maybe it's that I've played the crud out of just one. And these games tend to get a little stale for me sometimes, you know, whenever I've played them quite a bit. Um, Maybe it's just the newness of So Clover. I don't think so. I think it's that puzzly nature of it. I think it's that really feeling so clover so like actually feeling clever when you come up with that right word that people are going to guess feeling clever whenever you've come up with their four by four thing and you get it right or get three out of four and you're still feeling pretty good um yeah i I would prefer personally to play so clover the downs are has ap it can have ap and the down another negative could be that again it's going to probably be with adults um teenagers you know teenagers and adults or something like that my 11 year old did pretty well but you know he does well in some some of these some of these types of games better than others i'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 which is what i gave it on the um on the video our youtube review and simply mostly because i just typically don't give party games really high ratings i am willing to play it would be seven i'm also willing going to be recommending it which is an eight um it's it would be on a top 10 list of party games for sure maybe even a top five already like and i will say that my top 10 sometimes no no yeah i don't know it's 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 really good yep all right so that is an eight from john eight for me let's go to nidavalier A game that John and I got to play online. I actually have a physical copy of this one, but being you know gone for work and 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 sicknesses and everything else that's going on, I made it a little more limited on the things that we could play. And so yeah. we we were playing this on board game arena. So this is a dwarf themed game. This is an auctioning game where you are going to be bidding on these different locations to take these cards and put them in your tableau. And how that works is you're going to start off with these numbers in your hand. You have uh, zero, one, two. Wait, what is it? Oh, goodness. What do you start off with? <laughs> what? Hold on. Sorry. Sorry. I was reading something. I'm, I'm pulling it up on, I'm pulling it a Valir up on BGG so that I can. I am too, but I don't have to my, uh, I don't have my rule book pulled up on here. I'm what were you what, say? Say it again. The, the, the actual numbers that you start off with, you start off with your zero, one, oh, two, oh, sorry. Zero, two, two three, four, three, four five. five. That's yeah, I was zero, like, two, I know two, you start off with five, but for oh, some I, reason. I was, I was confused because I thought I was wondering if, I thought you were saying cards. I'm like, you don't start off with any cards. So that's, anyways, no. go ahead. Okay. So you have these, these little circles and you have zero, two, three, four, five, and you have three different locations. And what you're going to do is you're going to take 
and this is blind bidding. So I'm going to take three of these tiles and I'm going to put them out there on the ones that I want to bid for. And obviously the higher number gets to choose first out of the cards that are listed out there. In a two-player game, you're going to have three cards that are out there. You're going to choose from those, take one into your tableau. But the interesting piece is that you're going to be upgrading those, those different uh, circles as you go throughout the game. So how that works, for the most part, it works in several different ways. But mostly, if I place a zero out there, that means I'm going to take those two circles that I did not place into the bid. I'm going to add those together and take a new tile, and that's going to replace the higher number tile of the ones that I have in my hand. So, for example, if I place a zero out there, I keep my two and three back, then I'm going to add those up. I'm going to take a five tile, and if it's available, and I'm going to take a five tile, and then I'll keep my four tile, and then you're always going to have five of those circles throughout the game. And those are going to increase all the way up to 25, I believe, is the highest number that you can get there. That's right. And how the cards work is you're going to take these cards into your tableau and they score in a lot of different ways. Some of them, you're just going to get points straight up for the number that's listed on them on there. Some of them, it's going to be your uh, warrior. For example, you get points for the number that's listed on there, but you're also going to be able to get points from your highest tile. If you have the most amount of warriors that might your be highest kind of, coin. Yeah. Your highest coin. That's right. Yeah. Your, your, your bidding circle thing is what that is. So if you coin. had a 25 then you get 25 bonus points at the end of the game, if you had the most. That's right. Your miners are going to give you points. It's like a multiplier. You add up all the numbers that are listed there times the amount of rank. Rank is the, uh, like the little flag triangle thing up there that's going to show you <clears throat> how many show you your rank and that's going to mean a lot of different things but in the minors you just multiply those times the the number of uh that you have listed up there you add all those together then the other two are are basically kind of multipliers the more of one type of rank that you have the higher number that you're going to get uh, in, in that location it's kind of I don't want to go too in depth in that, like explain it, yeah. over explain it, but just know that you're going to get different points based on those different types of dwarfs that you're taking. Now, as you complete one full rank, that means you get one rank of every different type of card. You're going to be able to take a hero into your tableau, and that's going to be a lot of different things. It could be a, a, a really good warrior. It could be a really good miner. It could be something totally different where you're just getting points for these different types of sets of this one specific type of dwarf that you're getting. Um it, we also played with the expansion, which I'm not going to throw a, too much into that other than just knowing that you have more heroes. You're also going to have um, you're also going to have the uh, the ability to if you win the bid, you can take a card from this other location and those can be different types of dwarfs they can be special abilities they can be a lot of different things but adds an extra layer of if i win this bid i might want these really powerful cards that are available in the tavern halfway through the game what's going to happen is you're going to see who has the rank who ranks the highest in these different types of dwarfs and then you're going to get bonuses one of the bonuses is like an upgraded version of your your zero tile that lets you you know, upgrade your, your other coins that upgrades to a three now, instead of a zero, it's also uh, trying to think what the other special abilities are in there. John, help me out with the uh, midway through the game. Yeah. So you can, uh, you, you, can you can upgrade raise one of your tiles, your, one raise, of your yeah, raise your coin value. You can get the a crystal, which is like a tiebreaker that will beat, you know, other crystals um, 
basically like if you all bid the same amount, that's what's, that's one of the things that you're going to look at. Um, you're going to just score. I don't know. Just different. There's just different little bonuses like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game, you're going to score a ton of points in this game, hundreds of points uh, because each Mm. of those different dwarf categories, plus you might have points in other areas as well. Out of points, whoever has the most points wins. Now, here's the thing. My explanation probably was a little convoluted, probably way too convoluted. This is not a complicated game at all. No. It's, it's a pretty easy game to learn. But unless you're like looking at the board to see how those different categories score, it might be kind of confusing. But just know that you're going to score for each of those different categories of dwarves. Yeah, the weight is 2.15 on BGG. So yeah. we have a ga- we have a day of really lightweight lighter weighted games yeah um okay yep there we go our, um, I, art and components i i've seen the pictures i didn't play the actual game uh i really like the art of the game and i think the art and components look pretty solid yeah yeah components are, are good i i own this i've game seen it in real life okay so the i guess other than the, the tiles are nice thick you know, your coins are all nice yeah. thick tiles. Your player boards are really well done. It has a rack to keep track of the coins and also to keep track of the different hero dwarves. I like cool. those. I think those are, yeah, they're a nice touch. They're not necessary, but they're, they add something to it. Adds a little table presence than just laying cards down. Yep. Yep. Totally agree with that. So the gameplay. Is it good? Well, let me, I'll, I'll go since you were, I give you a little second to catch your breath there on that uh, explanation. This is a game that Dean, I remember you showed, told me originally, uh, Hey, I didn't know anything about it. John, you need to play this game. You're going to like this game. And I didn't know anything about it. So I'm like, okay, like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, I can't get that excited. Cause I don't know anything about it except for Dean says, I'm going to like it. Um, he said he enjoyed it. Fast forward a month or two or three. I heard Steph Hodge, you know, all meeples, all the meeples of the rainbow say, this game is really fun. I, I saw some posts about how she enjoyed it. Then I went to game day at Jonathan's house and I saw people playing it and they were enjoying it as well. So I'm like, at that point, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to play this game. I've heard multiple people say that it's a really good game. That's a, you know, a medium light, probably uh, ish game, depending on if you add the, I don't know. I think it can, it's more medium. I, I think I would just, I would call it medium weight game. With Thing of a Lear, the, the expansion thing for sure. definitely moves it for up sure. an, a notch, but the base game itself is, is pretty, it's fairly light. I would yeah. Say. And so, I mean, one of the things that would make me a little nervous is that there's a lot of set collection in this game, right? Like you're, you're bidding on these cards and you're collecting sets. The more you have, the better it is for the most part, right? Except for the in- intriguing piece is that, as uh, Dean mentioned heroes, is that if you get one of every single type, you get a hero, which is a very pow- powerful card. You can't ignore that in the game. You will lose, right? You could say, hey, if I can get to the end of this purple track, I'm going to score 170 points or whatever it is. Like if I get if I get that many cards in the set, you're not going to win with that many points. I mean, I mean, de- depending on what... Um, yeah, uh, de- depending on if you're using Thing of Valir or not and different things like that, you're probably not going to win that many points. But anyways, um, you've got to maximize the how can I gain a lot of these in, in, in a certain set, but also get these hero cards that match up with what I'm trying to do. And so I think that pool is a really interesting pool in the game, right? I want to get the heroes, but also want to score heavy on some of these other ones. That's really, that's a, that's a, that's a cool part. What do you think about that? Yeah, and it, it, let me tell you why I'm terrible at this game. It, that that kind of goes into it is I tend to focus my You're attention on. I think 
I think I'm going to get a ton of points by those two, the first two categories, which are the, yeah. uh, not the Warriors, not the, what are they? The, uh, I don't remember the names of them, but purple, like and purple, one, purple, <laughs> and, purple and green. I couldn't even think of the colors though. The, so purple and green, they give you points. They're like, they, the more you get, the more points that you're going to get. And you look at that and see, wow, I can get hundreds of points by going this direction. Yeah. And you absolutely can, but when you do that, you're missing out on getting the different rank bonuses by getting the heroes. And I tend to not get as many heroes in this game, but I think you really do need to get them Yeah, for a lot of different reasons, for the bonuses that they give you, but also more often than not, they're moving you up on your ranks anyway. So you're getting those cards, you know, you're going to get those cards anyway. You, all that to say, you have to kind of, spread yourself out and look at all these different categories. And I'm terrible at that. Blacksmith and Hunter, I believe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think Explorer is the blue one. and then, Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah there's the minor is- and the warrior. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so the other piece to it that I think is interesting is the way the auction works. Now you may or may not like auction games. My wife doesn't really like auction games, but I think she would like this one. Um, because a, a couple things. One is you're going to get a card from each of the three taverns. You're going to. Yeah. What you're bidding on is do you want to pick, you know, which one that you're going to get. So even if you lose, you're still going to get something and everything scores you points in this game. It's like, here's a point for this. Here's a point for that. Here's a point for that. Hey, I scored 400 points, you know, like, <clears throat> especially if you had the expansion in it and stuff like that, you can score your two, three, 400 points. And I think that she would like that aspect of the game. But the the, the interesting piece it's that it doesn't just you just don't just bid is that what dean mentioned in the in the description of the game the overview that if you bid zero then you take your two leftovers and you add that value and then you turn that high one into it so if you left with a nine and a three you then take turn your nine in and you're going to pick up a 12 that's if there's a 12 coin there right the 12 coins could be gone you know what the cool thing is if the 12 coins gone you take a 13 if the 13 coins gone you take a 14 now negatively if someone's got that big daddy 25 coin, guess what? You can't get it and you're not going to go above it. So you just got to take less. So I think that that's interesting too. Um, you've got to build it. And also at the end of the game, you score a point for every coin that you have for how, what the value of it is straight up. That's just part of the game. So when you're trading those in, you're not only getting more powerful bidding items, you're also scoring points for it. I think that's really smart the way the game works. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of interesting because like the bidding matters really. It does matter. But it's not a I don't want to say it doesn't matter a ton because that's that's the whole focus of this game. Yeah. But like you're saying like you can oftentimes you can get really good stuff regardless. You know, if especially like in a two player game when there's yeah. when there's, there's three, three cards out there, there's an additional one out there. Oftentimes you're okay with with two out of the three options that are out there, you know, that's right. It should be. Well, it may be like you want one of the purple, the uh, blacksmiths and there's two blacksmiths and a warrior. So, you know, no matter what Dean takes, I'm going to get a blacksmith if I want it. So I can take my zero token and place it there and gain some value on my tokens. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty interesting piece uh, of it. Now, what thing of a Lear does is changes that quite a bit because you really do want to win those bids a lot. I, I feel like it, it, it bumps up that, that urgency to win those. Now there is a, a card that you can get from, I think it's, yeah, it's from the tavern that says if, if I lose the bid, 
from and, the camp. And John from the camp, and John doesn't take uh, yeah the camp. So if John doesn't take a card from the camp, then I can then go in and take yeah. one. But more often than not, you have to win the bid to be able to to get that. But and that's one of the big pieces. Pretty powerful cards. Yeah. So to to really mention, we will mention thing thing of Valir is an expansion. It's twenty bucks. It's going to add, I think, six new heroes, which is do some different things. Maybe it's, I think that's what someone told me it was. I didn't count personally. Um, but then it's going to add that camp. And like Dean mentioned, if only if you win the bid, unless you have that card, do you get to have a chance to go into the camp? I think it is one of the most important expansions for games. Like, <clears throat> I don't, <laughs> that's a strong word, but like there are certain games that really I felt needed an expand, like an expansion. I feel like this does if you're playing with gamers. Yeah. If I don't know it, if I would, I wouldn't, I, for the most part, I don't think I would really introduce the expansion to new players, even with gamers, because the game is so fast. Like you can play this game pretty quickly. You could say, let's just I play I game without it. Well, let's just play it real fast without the expansion. I think you're probably going to like it more with the expansion. Now the, I guess the, the, pushback on that would be well somebody would might really hate the base game but i don't think so i think the base game is no. fun i i think the expansion is better but i think the base game is still really fun yeah the first time i played it i played base game and i thought to myself when i was done playing it um this is fun like but i'm a little worried it's going to get kind of samey with a ton of set collection now what kind of offsets that it, what does offset that a little bit are the hero cards, right? If I'm just collecting the same five things every time and we're just bidding on them, you know, the five the five different dwarfs, that's not going to be super interesting, I don't think, for longevity. But when you get the heroes, they kind of point you in directions. They can, right? Like you can get three yeah. ranks or two ranks from this type, from a blacksmith, for example. And now you're like, okay, I really do think I need to have, hit home on the blacksmith so I can go for that strategy. Or, you know, so... But I do, I do think if I just had the base game, I think it's a fine, fine game. It's a fun game, but I, I think it would get potentially, uh, probably a little samey for me, and I could see it kind of working its way out of the collection. When you add Thing of Alir, those camp cards are so interesting because there's so many different powers they have. They even have a lot of a lot of the cards are like you take um, uh, a card, and it actually has two different um, things, so it could have warrior and miner on there and you actually put that to the side and before you score the game at the end of the game or before you enter into that that phase where you're seeing who has the most of the different things in mid game then you move and choose which slot you want to put them into what makes that so interesting is the thing that you are losing is getting the hero cards because you have to have one on each of each type. And every time you do that, you get a hero card. You could get five, six. You get a lot of hero cards in this game. Um, and you're delaying and not getting those. However, what you are doing then is getting the chance to sneak in on the end and go, even though Dean has this, I know I've got these two oranges and I can beat him at the end. You know, Or, oh man, I found out that Dean's going to beat me there. Good, I'm glad I didn't waste the orange there. I'm going to go beat him on the red area, you know, with the red one. And I think it's brilliant and really fun and i think it really opens up the different ways and paths to victory in this game yeah yeah it definitely does and it's not it could have been just like better versions of of those different categories it could have been like 
okay, this is just a better miner. Now those cards do exist. It could, you know, could yeah. be just a better explorer. All those cards are there, but the fact that it adds in different types of heroes that, you know, can be a whole totally different type of set collection. Yeah. If you want to go that route, I, I, I think that's pretty interesting. I, I love that that kind of variability exists. Now, again, with the base game, could get stale because you're seeing the same ones. Now the, the expansion only adds, I think you said six hero cards. I think yeah, I'm going to look right. that up. That's what I was told. And I didn't verify that. Um, I actually did look at my copy and I, cause I, I also have the expansion and I don't remember exactly what that was, Okay, but the more the variability comes in that the camp cards that, sh- that are going to be available, uh, that that really really bumps it up that that really takes it to the next level of very i think yeah it really does in my opinion yeah but you're gonna see all of those uh is that right do you see all of those every game there's not like a bazillion of those but i think that might even potentially be better for some people like that you don't that you do see all of them every game because you do see all of them every game yeah i i typically am a player that would rather not um, just because like, I like the, the puzzle of, okay, well, this is what's here, this game, you know, but of course it's going to change based on what people take. Right. So the strategy that you might've thought you were going to go down, Dean takes the card. And now you're like, crap or shoot. I got to do something different now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and move on to our, yeah. our final thoughts. If you're good with that, John, I, yep. I really enjoy this game. I played it. Uh, we, we were discussing whether or not this was a 2021 release. It says 2020. But I think you're right, John. I don't think it was released until 2021 here in the okay. U.S. It was actually released. I'm sh- I showed that I had my first play of this on BGA back in April. Okay. Um, which I like that. I like that it came out really early because then I knew hey, this would be a game. I saw Tom Vassell gave it a really high score. I can check it out. And I, I liked it enough to buy it for sure. I, I've really enjoyed my plays of this one. I think that uh, the base game is somewhere around probably a seven and a half for me, but then the uh, seven, seven and a half with the thing of a leer bumps it up to an eight. I've, I've really enjoyed yeah. my plays of this. Um, uh, I think even if somebody doesn't love auction games, this is so unique that that's, I agree. It, you could still enjoy this game because yeah. you don't necessarily have to be great at winning all the auctions. And you're, it's not like you have a ton of choices either. You only have five tiles and there's three spots. So yeah, it can move pretty quickly. I like that about this game too, that it's a, a pretty, pretty fast game overall. So anyway, that's an eight for me. Quite enjoy this one. What yeah. And I, yeah, I did. I really like this a lot. Um, the thing about the auction that I think that I am drawn to is that I like the tough decisions. If you're left with things that you don't love. So I, I just do like that. Just like, so let's just say Dean wins. And now I've got these two cards. I'm like, man, okay, how can I make this one work? Which one do I make work best for me? And I like that kind of stuff. Like, and you're always getting something. You're always scoring points. If you like point salad games, you might like this because it's a point for every daggum thing. For those reasons, I think my wife would actually like this game, and though she's not usually a huge auction. But the auction piece isn't like, oh man, I, I got nothing now, you know. So I, I think that that's a big deal. I don't love set collection games all the time, but for some reason it works. Like <laughs> in this game. Um, because you're trying to figure out the optimum way to score points, the way to work the heroes with whatever row that you're building. You also do really like, Dean, you know this, I like that if you get more than the other player, you score something. 
in that back and forth of, man, Dean's beating me on these warriors. If I want to get that bonus for the coins, I've got to figure out a way to beat him on these. Or mid-game, if I want to get the bonus for the miners and get that crystal that lets me break ties, I, I, how can I beat him? You know, Or, man, he's just going to win. I, I'm just wasting my time trying to beat him there. Let me If I spend all my time, time trying to beat him there, he's going to win four other categories. You know, <laughs> And I can't let him win four other categories. Um, it's going to be tough for me to win the game. All of that together, this game is extremely good. Um, if I'm just talking about the base game, I have to admit I have played with Thing of Valir more than with the base game. I'm going to guess that I would probably be at like seven, seven and a half, you know, kind of in that range. Um, with Thing of Valir, I'm at eight and a half on this game. I, I, wow. I give it a higher score than Dean. I think it's a brilliant game. So far. Yeah. Yeah, it is really well done. Now, we talked a lot about the two-player game. I prefer it at a higher player count. I think it's a little bit better. But what it does in a two-player game is it's, it softens the blows a little bit when you lose those, uh, I think. When you, lose the, when you lose the bids, it's a little more palatable, I think. But with a higher player count, I think it becomes a little more tense and, and those battles become a little bit stronger, I think. I think, at least in my opinion, I guess, uh, not that that's a straight up fact or anything like that, but I prefer it at a higher player count, but I still think it plays well at two, which is great because auction games don't always play well at two. That's right. And, you know, I, I mentioned, I guess, as I was talking a lot about it, the last several times I played it at two, um, you can get hosed if you're playing at a higher player count. Um, in two players, again, you're going to end up with three two extra cards, you get to pick one of those, right? So you can definitely get hosed. And I prefer it at a higher player count for that reason. But in, in in a two player count, there's a little bit more of that tug of war back and forth, maybe tactical, like, okay, I know we can't take those, so I know I'll get this. You know, then then in a higher player count where it's a lot more unpredictable. But I think I probably do prefer the higher player count because it does make, like you said, those auctions become even more important on how you win those. But I think mm-hmm. it's fine at two. And I just, I love finding these little games, man, that I can play with anybody, you know, or play with a lot of people. And, uh, I, I that's the cool thing about this. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the game. I'll have the base game. I can play that with my family. And then whenever I play it with some people that want to play a little heavier game, I would prefer, I just toss that thing, thing, it's thing Valir. It didn't, doesn't have an A or an E or an I in there, by the way. Uh, I think that's wrong. Uh, it's, it's, it's thing of a leer. I'm, I'm just kidding totally but kidding I, think, I always say thing of a leer but thing, thing of a leer right. would actually yeah. be better in my imo it but flows anyways, better it flows better um but yeah and for those reasons i enjoy it a lot so there you go yeah it's great well enough to give it eight and a half eight and a half from you eight from me tell people how they can get in touch with us if you're enjoying our show, we would love for you to uh, rate our show, subscribe to it on whatever your device or whatever app or whatever you're listening to it on. Um, we are at Meebletown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we're also Board Game Geek Guild 34 Sevenfeld to mention that you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Meepletown. That's it, Dean. I already said that I did it in the wrong order. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Okay, John, I j- it hit me that I was going to ask you earlier, what were some of those games that people talked about that they really wanted to get to the table? I'm, I'm, I thought that was an interesting part of the question. It is interesting part and it was going to get long. So I didn't do that. This will be a little bit longer, little secret part of the episode here. Cause I do want to mention out some of these people. All right. So here's some of them. Uh, Coimbra was one that was mentioned here. Um, <laughs> but it's Muhab. And he says that he's having an obsession Dean with circadians, uh, the first light. 
Uh, I've heard a lot of people recently mention how much they like that game. Uh huh. I want to try that one too. I know. I just, I'm feeling like that might be just so up your alley and maybe mine as well. Like JD really enjoys, enjoy that. And we agree so much. Uh, Jose says twilight struggle. It's been on there for years. It's so scary. I get that. (laughs) There's, this is on steam. Uh, maybe an app version too. That part of these, uh, you know, some of these, you might be able to get those played digitally to help you learn how to play him. I don't know. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Matt Walker actually had like ticket to ride Nordic in, in Rurik, uh, but they're marked out now. So he must've gone back and edited it. Uh, he does have oh. magnate still on there. So man, he's rocking it, rocking it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Robinson Caruso, which that would be on our shelf of shame. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So JTR well, for you, not for me. I've, I've played it. Oh, I don't. Oh, so it's yeah. not on my shelf machine. I didn't know you hadn't played. Okay, uh, JDR's got some really good games on this that I'm into. Like he's got PAX Premier Second Edition. I still really want to play that game. I don't know if I like it or not. I just super want to play it. Gugong, which is a great game. Red Cathedral, which is a great game. And Red Rising. I didn't really love that, but you you liked it more than I did. I think you didn't love a it a little though, bit. Yeah, you? yeah, I liked it. All Seven right. and a half, I think, is what I was at. Ian M's got Rurik Don of Kiev again. Uh, we've got Underwater Cities. He's got Kemet, Dinosaur World, Architects of the West Kingdom, Dungeon Lord, Tidal Blade. So a lot of some pretty solid games, some really solid games. Sydney's got Hansa Teutonica, El Grande Big Box. Man, those are two big hitters. Hey, Sydney, we can play that on Yucatan. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, that's Dominant Origins, the new uh, Terraform Mars, even Blitzkrieg. Bruges, he's got Bruges on this list too, which is also on Yucatan. Bruce we didn't mention, game. we should have mentioned that Nita Valir is on Board Game Arena and Thing Valir is with it too. If, so if we said that, right I think. Now. Oh, did we? I okay. Think, yeah. Because we said we played we it. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Davis has Food Chain Magnate. I'd really like to play that. I've never played that one oh, yeah. um, before. And then let me go real quick over to the Twitters and I'll mention a few more of these because I think it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, all right, let's see here. Man, I've got so many of these, these comments. Oh, I want to make mention, um, Brian Chandler says Tapestry. Uh, which they, there you go. That's a good one. Teotihuacan Joris says, uh, Bodgers underwater cities by gaming Bruce. All right. So I'm going to mention, I'm not going to mention all these. I'm going to go up to a comment by oh, Bill Burgess responded to this. How about that? No, yeah. but it wasn't, he didn't respond with the game. Oh, <laughs> so that's our buddy. Steph Hodge. This is what I want to, this is what I wanted to mention. Um, actually Andrew V says, uh, Birmingham because he plays Link uh, Brass Birmingham he plays Link uh, Lancashire uh, the new Kemet Maharaja uh, Charterstone also he's trying to finish up his My City campaign really good games there Steph Hodge says where is the 300 plus option <laughs> oh oh wow she plays I, a ton of games too dude there is no way there is no way like there are not that many games that I'm interested in playing <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think there is like, I'm just like, the thing about her is like, she is, she loves playing new games and is willing to, you know, play it a couple times, do a review. And even if it's a game that she's not excited about, like, remember when we were at uh PAX U and it was like this, yeah. no one wanted to play this. We was like, yeah, let's try it. Let's just see. And I'm, I'm much more cutthroat. Like, I'm not going to like that game. I, pff, there's no way I'm, I'm playing that. Yeah, yeah. There's too many other good games to spend my time with wasting it on some of these other ones. I don't know if that sounded like a s- snobbish, but 